right, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Badass Banking. And today, I've got Tom Shen. And Tom, this is a real treat for me. You're the former chief monkey, I don't understand what the hell that means, at Malazai. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Great to be on the show, Brad. Thanks for inviting me. So, so you're in Calabasas and the smoke is not too bad for you. The fires are farther north for a change. It's a refreshing change for you, I take it. Yes, we're not in the line of fire, as it were. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I know it's rough up there, up in the north, uh, in the Pacific North. So tell me, um, tell me what you're up to these days. I mean, I, I see you everywhere. You know, we're, we're connected on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that crap. You know, you've got, you know, board member, advisory member all over your, your LinkedIn now. Tell, us, tell me about some of the things you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a fantastic exit uh, with Finastra and Malazai in June of 2018. It was the right landing spot. It was right home uh, for the asset. So uh, fantastic transaction. And uh, I work with uh, Finastra CEO, Simon Paris, great guy to work with and uh, uh, agreed to just hang around and, and do a little bit of uh, uh, advisory work for him. And, and so he was kind enough to uh, extend that a couple of times. So I actually did about 18 months worth of work helping Finastra uh, with their North American business. Uh, but uh, separate from that, uh, I've uh, looked at probably somewhere around 30, 35 FinTechs uh, to invest in, to work with, to partner with, and uh, 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 to that end, I'm involved with four different fintechs, uh, uh, either as an investment and or as a board member. Uh, and I've joined a couple of uh, venture firms uh, to be LPs. So um, uh, that's really what I've been doing. Uh, and uh, even with that, I, I, I'm, some days it's just boring as hell. Yeah. So are you, are you referring to semi-retirement is, is boring or uh, all the advisory work is boring? Because there's nothing, there's nothing boring about advisory work. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as you may know, this is sort of my third attempt at retirement, right? After yeah. I sold software dynamics and after digital insights. So I don't do retirement well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I get bored easily. I, I, like, I, I love strategy. But I, I love operating as well, building yeah. a team and, and leading a team. And it is, it's just so much fun for me. Um, so I miss that part of it, right? So board work, advisory work, um, sort of uh, you're pointing, directing, um, you know, it, it's a little bit different. So I, I miss that uh, sort of uh, just, uh, you know, holding hands or, or, or holding someone's throat uh, in the trench, right? So I miss that a little bit. Yeah, I, I myself, I don't miss some of that. I don't miss some of the politics of it and some of the day in, day out stuff. But, I, you know, I don't miss the HR aspect. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I like, I'm all about management by objective. I enjoy the strategic side, pointing people in the direction. So for me right. and where I am in my life right now, I'm sticking to, you know, advisory stuff. And I got a nonprofit that I chair and that keep, that's unfortunately very hands-on, but it's a lot of fun. So let's get into some specifics. Talk about a couple of the specific uh, organizations that you're on the board of. Okay. Um, uh, uh, one of the, uh, 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 the ones that uh, take uh, quite a bit of my time uh, is a, uh, a series B company up in Toronto by the name of Sensibil. Sensibil. Yep. Sensibil, right. And uh, it's led by 
Corey Gross, CEO, very fine young man. Uh, I love working with him. Uh, all, the, all the right qualities, right? Uh, innovative, humble, uh, cares about customers, um, you know, want to, want to do well by doing good. Um, so uh, the company is founded uh, based on this idea that as we collect skewed data from customers' receipts, we can gain insight into that to both help the consumer or the small business owner and help the financial institution help them become better customers, right? So launched a, uh, a fantastic product of receipt management. And uh, to that end, we have about 100 logos, uh, the brightest of which is Chase. Uh, we uh, have launched to the 38 million consumers at Chase, uh, capturing receipts every day. And here in uh, uh, North America, we also have partnerships with FIS, NCR Digital Insight, and we're about to launch with Q2. So um, uh, a bright shining star, as well as a very nice distribution system. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're helping the banks and the credit unions uh, engage more relevantly. It's all about right. contextual. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I love that. Off the off the research that on my own. How about yeah. how about any others? Well, um, I'm also involved in a company um, just as an investor uh, up in Michigan, Larky, L A R. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Know him well. Yeah. Uh, Greg the Hammer Hammerman. Uh, love him as well. A uh, great leader, good listener, um, and, and and so uh, invested along with a couple of my buddies in the uh, latest round with him. Um, they're seeing success in the mar uh, marketplace. Right. Uh, it's really sort of GPS uh, location-based marketing. Right. Uh, again, bring relevancy to digital. Yep. Right. You know the the way I think about it is I'm sitting here. Uh, 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 talking with you and the text message comes up and it says, Hey Tom, we can get you this. Well, that's not relevant to me right yeah, now. Yeah. But if I'm standing on the corner of first domain and there's Joe's coffee shop there and, and, and you say, Hey, come on in for a free cup of coffee. I just might do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Yeah. Um, so involved in that, I'm also involved in a company up in Boston, by name of Z Sweet. Z yeah, I, I know. I know Nathan, and you know Aaron. Aaron, our old CTO or our uh, old head of product, went over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, exactly. they're they're an interesting one. Right. So uh, their story uh, is uh, very similar to to my old friend Chip Mayhan's story. Right. Is you know you you run a bank and you want to uh, 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 deliver some kind of a digital service. You can't find the right product set. So guess what? I'm going to build it on my own. It's going to be so good. I'm going to sell it to all the other banks, right? And so uh, that's exactly what they did. Uh, uh, basically, Z Suite at a very high level is a deposit, get, deposit gathering platform. And it takes in the form of helping uh, multi-tenant properties. Yep. So yep. collect rent. So it's got two products right now, Z Deposit and Z rent. It helps collect rent. It helps manage security deposit, right? On behalf of owners. We're expanding that out very quickly. 
We signed four uh, new customers during this COVID-19 period and would extend that out to not just only hold security deposit, but hold on behalf of others, which is none other than escrow. So we're bidding out escrow accounts. Um, you're right, the, uh, um, our chairman, Jay Tooley, is also the president of Leader Bank, yep. of which Z Suite spun out of. And our good friend, uh, Nathan, we brought Nathan in to be CEO and we recruited Aaron to be our CTO. So very, very exciting opportunity there. I've had just uh, had, had a board meeting. Of course, it sucks a little bit to live on the West Coast, right? I got all these 6 a.m. for me, 9 a.m. for them meetings. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, had a quick uh, monthly board call this week and, and uh, uh, with Z Suite and just uh, making very, very good progress. They probably do that intentionally so you don't push them too hard at 6 a.m. That's right. That's yeah. right. I'm still sleeping. Friend. Although I might myself, I'd be angry at 6 a.m. So <laughs> I could work against them. Yeah, Z Suites, I, I'm tracking them pretty closely. I've talked talked to Nathan a couple of times and you know, Aaron's kept me in the loop. I, I think they're gonna do very well. Yeah. Um, any, any others you're uh, actively involved with or how about, uh, how about investing? Anything you're looking for specifically or? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, right? It, 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 this COVID-19 thing, you know, is it, just uh, creating a lot of confusion in the marketplace and creating unprecedented opportunities, right? I, I tend to look on that right side of it, right? This great opportunity. So, so what I'm seeing out there investments is this sort of a bifurcated market, right? On the top side, there's this, this rush to quality, a flight to quality, a mad dash to quality. So you see these incredible valuations, right? Look at Optimal Blue with Black yeah. Knight, right? My goodness, right? Um, and so on and so forth, and, 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 and quite a number of other properties on the move right now with, with, with fantastic valuations. So, so arguably valuations actually gone up now. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it, doesn't, it defies logic, doesn't it? That's right, that's right. But, but there is such a dearth of good property, okay, uh, uh, and lots of money chasing after it, right? Yeah. But the flip side is this, if you don't have such a good product, not in such a good marketplace, it used to be you can still get oh, a decent value. You're not going to get seven, eight, ten. You're not going to get great valuation. You get a decent valuation. Well, that money's dried up. Yeah. Right. People are scared. Right. What is going to happen to the business? Um, you know, in the new norm, the next norm, whatever you want to call it. So, so there is that. Now, what do I like? So I get involved in pre uh, pre A. Um, I get involved in A. Um, what I really like out in the marketplace are shining objects, are shining objects that are quick to install, mm -hmm. right? Lightweight installations brings the financial institu institution quick wins, Yeah. right? You know, something that can be installed in 30 days. You can see results in 90 days that's priced for success, right? I charge you a small amount of money to get in and you pay me as you pay me as you achieve results, yep. success base, right? Very low risk for the financial institution. Financial institutions are willing to take that kind of risk. So I feel like uh, a digital platform, for example, to pick on an easy one, digital platforms really have plateaued, yeah. right? 
you know, there's so many me too's and lookalikes and, and, and all the basic are there. Now it's the shining objects, right? So Larky is a great example. It's a shining object. It's a, it's a quick competitive differentiator. You can get it installed, lightweight installation. You get installed, it's got a dashboard. You can block off a GPS location. Uh, 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 first, the main street, uh, somebody loiters there for 15 minutes. Um, I'm gonna put up a message, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and you get paid on wins, right? Yep. It, 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 if, if you don't get response, if it doesn't work, no harm, no foul, right? We and move and, and not, a, not a lot of heavy lifting with the core. That's, that's oh probably, that, that's a major component there for these quick wins because nothing's quick when it comes to the cores. Well, you've been around a long time, Brian, so you know that. I'm not calling you old, but when I say lightweight install, I mean no core yeah. integration, right? Yeah. Or yeah. very, very light core integration. I, I feel the same way, and, and that's been my strategy as well. I, I, I would, I'm very, very wary of anything that requires a lot of integration with a core. There's the cost factor, the time factor, and then there's the political factor of it as well. Right. And, 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 then, and then the other thing I kind of look at, right, um, is I look at sort of founders, um, you know, um, are they good listeners? Are they humble? Um, do they really care? Um, and, and, when, and when you meet folks like that, it's just so much fun to work alongside with them and try to scale business, you know, from from five to 50, you know, uh, 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 90 to 200, right? Th th those are just fan, and you've been through it yourself. It's just such a, such a, 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 a joy to be able to just see those spurts of growth, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and when it gets to four or 500, it, it, it gets less fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that passion early on is contagious and, and that, that motivates everybody. It propels them forward because they're, proactively looking to solve a problem while, yeah. while, while, while build a proof of concept that's, you know, tangible and measurable. So yeah. I, I completely drink that same Kool-Aid. Um, so what's your prognosis overall for retail banking? You know, you and I have been around the block. Again, you didn't call me old. I'm not calling you old. I, I've been in this since the 80s, dude, you know, and yeah. It's frustrating that it takes so long for this big ship we call FinServe to, you know, come about. But I feel like, along with COVID kind of giving it a kick in the ass, I feel like some change is happening. Right, right. Well, I, I think the two really important aspects of what we're trying to do to help financial institutions compete and win, right? That's what I've done my entire career has helped uh, uh, help uh, financial institutions, banks and credit unions uh, be more relevant uh, mm -hmm. in consumer lives. And arguably today is even more important, right? They're gaining importance rather than less importance, right? Look, look what happened with PPP, for example, yeah. right? Who stepped up to really help, right? Where some large money center banks failed uh, their customers, uh, your local community banks actually stepped yeah. up. I'm, yeah. so, I'm so proud, you know, of, 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 of these customers or mine that, that, that stepped up to help people who are really in need. So what do we need to continue to do to propel forward in digitalization? And, and both of these are going to be just, you know, so obvious, right? Um, the first one um, is personalization, right? We need to continue to move down that personalization path, 
right, is to continue to know our customers better in a way that is not creepy. Yeah. And that's such a fine line, right? And it, 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 it's almost wrong now even to say, you know, generational differences, but there are. Yep. Zs are different than Xers, for example, and then old guys like us or uh, guys and gals like us. So that notion of knowing your customer, but that, to understand that and to understand personalization, that creepiness factor, where, where does it sit with consumers? Um, it, it is, to, in my opinion, a more and more necessary in, in, in today's digital world, right? It's almost a crime not to know your customers better, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, to, just to tout a company I've been involved with, with Sensibil, is to look at skewed data, okay, but to do good with it, yep. right? To do good with it, not to do harm with it. Right? How do we take that data to know that you're buying a crib and it's a blue crib? What does that mean? How can I help you at that stage of life? Right? Um, rather than try to uh, um, uh, maybe sell you something else. Um, but how do we help uh, uh, by greater personalization? I think the personalization, the second part is taking down the channels, right? Is that you know, this whole idea of omni-channel and all channels are the same. Look, channels are not all the same, right? Um, you know, I, like we pounded this enough, I'm an old guy. I, I have iPhone, I have tablet, I have desktop, and on and on, right? I do different things with different ones. And my tried and true example, and I use this incessantly, no one solved this problem yet, and I'll pick on one of my former favorite targets, which is airlines, right? We don't fly anymore, but when we used to fly, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm whatever diamond with Delta, right? And I use my iPhone to check in, right? Because it's easiest or find out what happened to my flight. That's yes. the use case. I use a tablet to buy tickets because it's the easiest for me and a larger format because I'm old, my eyes ain't so good. But I can, I have, I have all my payments instruments on there and kaboom, in less than a minute, I'll pick the flight I want because I'm gonna fly Delta anyhow, okay? And that's what I use it for. And on my desktop, why do I ever go to delta.com? Well, because I wanna mess around with my frequent flyer program. There's no other reason I wanna do that. Something happened with my frequent flyer program. I need to go check something or pull out a reward, right? But every time I sign on delta.com, it thinks I wanna check in for a flight. It yeah. thinks I want to buy a ticket. Why does it do that? Why doesn't it know the day, I, I, I have this line, the day that delta.com when I log in, it says, what do you want to do with your freaking, with SkyMiles? Yeah. I'd be so impressed. I'd fall off my chair impressed. But <laughs> that kind of personalization by channel is where we need to get to. I believe we're on the way there. And this crisis, this pandemic is driving us in that direction. I agree. And I'm, I'm the same way. I pick a channel based upon how much sense of control I get from that channel. So when I book an airline, I got to be on the laptop. Because I feel like I can control, I can shop for the better, better right. deal that way. I can make sure that I'm getting the best deal on American because I'm an American frequent flyer. But right. when it comes to check-in, only way to do it's you know the iPhone, right? right. Uh, so yeah, I, I I agree 100% with you, and I think that the omni-channel concept has been over uh, overemphasized for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of hype and a lot of Kool-Aid that a lot of people 
end up drinking in this industry. There's no doubt about it. So one last question. Um, any advice you would give a fintech, you know, official or unofficial advice? I know in one of your notes to me, you said, I would suggest that fintechs partner with other fintechs. That's something yep. you, don't, you don't see a lot of. Why don't you talk for a moment about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, if you look at my career, um, I've always believed in a bifurcated sales strategy of going direct to large customers and go through distribution channels, uh, uh, go through partners. Yep. And so I think it's important, um, you know, when you, you, let's, we'll pick up Sensibil again. When you look at Sensibil, we got a hundred logos. Um, I'd say roughly 80 are from partnerships, another 20 that are direct. I mean, how many chases are there, right? How yep. many... HSBCs are there, how, how, how many RBSs are there out there? So those are great logos to win and you need to serve them directly because they need a particular kind of white uh, 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 glove care, right? Um, but then you have partners, right? And, 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 and you've got partners such as Coors. Um, and, and, and I know, you know, a lot of folks like to bash Coors and whatnot, but I think over the years, the Coors have come to understand that they can't innovate fast enough and they need shining objects just like everybody else and they need to partner with fintechs for shining objects, right? Um, and, and, and digital uh, platforms, uh, folks like Q2 and Alchemy and NCR Digital Insight, um, these are great platforms uh, 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 to partner with. So my advice to uh, uh, fintech entrepreneurs uh, uh, is that when you build out a solution you build out in such a way that you can do heavyweight installs, right? The big ones for the chases of the world. And you have to carve out a path where you can do cookie cutter, lightweight installs, right? That's not easy to do. It's easy to say, it's hard to do because it's a little bit of a, a different mindset. But when you build your system, you build it to scale, obviously. You build it to scale, but you've got to be able to scale in multiple ways of light install and heavy install. Yeah, I agree. That, that's very much what we did at GZO. And, and that is advice that Paul Fiore gave yep. Sean Pete and me out in Palo Alto in 2009. Wow. Yep. Wow, that's a good name. Those are, those are great names right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, not, and, not to sound old, but those were the good old days in many ways. <laughs> that was, but, but, they were fun times. Yeah. <laughs> they were fun times. Listen, I, I appreciate all your time today. I know you're busy. Um, I'm gonna, I'll post your LinkedIn information down below. I think most people who watch this know you, but you know, somebody may want to reach out. Some, some entrepreneur may have a great idea uh, and, and reach out to either one of us. And maybe we can collaborate on something down the road, but, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely delightful. Uh, anytime, Brian, uh, uh, just, uh, uh very, very, very pleased to, to have this opportunity, uh, to connect up. Thank you so much.